she managed to get through her daily routines? Well, I was very puzzled when I saw her and tested her in the clinic. I, I couldn't imagine how. And so I made a house call, as I like to do. I think it's very important to see people in their own surroundings. And I found that she had really reorganized everything in the apartment by color, by size, by position, by um, association. She developed a system for finding her way around and identifying objects, although none of them were identified in the usual way. Now you tell another story of, of a different patient who lost his ability to read after a stroke, actually a writer, and somehow managed to continue to write but could no longer read. Can you tell me about him? Well, with him it was quite sudden. He came down one morning, had breakfast, had no intimation of anything the matter, but then went outside to get his daily paper, which at a distance looked normal, but when he looked closer seemed to be full of some unintelligible, peculiar-looking script, which he said was like Korean or Cyrillic or Serbo-Croat. And like the first patient, like Lillian, he found he could write perfectly well, although he couldn't read what he had written. And initially he was in despair about this. He thought it would be the end of him as a creative writer, he could write, but he wouldn't be able to revise or reread what he'd written. But then, to his own surprise and bewilderment, reading started to become easier. And at first he thought this was due to neurological recovery, to healing. But then it became apparent that some new mechanisms or strategies were, were operating for him. And inadvertently he would often copy what his eye saw with his finger, and in this way, as it were, turn what he saw into writing, into finger writing, and then this moved up to his tongue, and so he would copy what he was reading on the back of his teeth or the roof of his mouth, and basically this way he was reading by writing with his tongue. This was not something which he consciously devised, but it, it happened. And I think it's an example of the, you know, the extraordinary sort of ingenuity the nervous system often provides. That's, that's astonishing, <laughs> the story of yeah. <laughs> somehow uh, maintaining this ability to read with the help of your tongue. I mean, he did mention to me, this was a letter I got just a few months ago, that he'd bitten the end of his tongue accidentally and it was so sore he couldn't move it and that he had become functionally illiterate while the tongue was out of action. Hmm. Now you, you seem to be particularly interested in these cases of, uh, of people with rare visual impairments and the ways they've learned to compensate for their difficulties. Why are you so interested in sort of this connection between the brain and how we see? Well, um... We take seeing for granted. We think that we're given the world full of color and movement and texture and, and meaning. And I think one would have no idea of how this all worked were it not for strange disorders which can suddenly make reading impossible or suddenly make one totally colorblind or totally unable to perceive movement. Sometimes it can occur briefly with a, with a migraine. I once had it myself for five minutes with a, a migraine. 
and uh, I, th I couldn't read the street signs. I thought they were in Phoenician, and sometimes even as a child, I would find that half the world disappeared or lost its color. And so I had a very precocious introduction to how necessary the brain was for seeing. And you, you write about how you've had some of your own visual challenges. For instance, uh, you have a great deal of difficulty recognizing other people's faces. Yes, this has been lifelong, and it's caused offense and embarrassment and bewilderment, and, uh, and I would have to apologize to people every day for, for, for cutting them, or I thought I was, I think, inattentive or careless, and it was only later that I began to realize, especially when I met an older brother whom I hadn't seen for decades, and he had exactly the same problem, that this might be some odd family thing, and if we had it in our family, it might be common elsewhere. And when my man who mistook his wife for a hat book came out in 86...